All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here back on Turnbuckle Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. It is the beginning of 2019. Happy New Year to all of you. And if you are listening to this as we put it out, today is the first. So from all of us here at Turnbuckle Talk, and I'm sure I speak for Joe as well as myself, I want to say thank you for all that you guys did for us to make 2018 an amazing year for us. Things are continuing to look up and go up from here, and we cannot wait to show you guys what we will bring and what we can do for you guys in 2019. Some amazing things coming up, so hopefully you guys are going to stick around and be with us throughout this entire year. Yeah, 2018 was definitely you know, a great year for us. Now, 2019 is looking very promising. And already, Carl, we're on the very first day of 2019 and already some very significant happenings happening in the professional wrestling business. And this refers to something we've already been talking about, you know, on this show and other podcasts around the Roar Network and uh, just uh, wrestling fans in general. And we are, of course, talking about all elite wrestling. All Elite Wrestling was announced probably, what, 3, 4 o'clock this morning (laughs) already. It was put out there. Phones were blowing up. Social Mm -hmm. media was going crazy about it with almost like a – I think that there was a hashtag of change the world happening attached to this. This is something that that really – I mean – the very first day of 2019 and already we're seeing amazing things coming out of the world of professional wrestling. And we hope that this is as we've kind of alluded to before. And I know that you have a different point of view on this, Joe, but I'm hoping that it is an actual promotion that the guys are putting together. Um, There was another announcement as well, uh, double or nothing, Mm -hmm. very cryptic, really not giving too much info on any of that right now. We can only assume from here that double or nothing is going to be an event that happens underneath the branding of All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, because up to this point, Carl, we've really been speculating and trying to give our viewpoints on something that, uh, you know, we just had little kind of tidbits of information about. So I'm definitely coming more over to your side here of it being an actual promotion. Because that definitely, at least it appears to be the case, is going to be called All Elite Wrestling, so the name was correct. And this Double or Nothing seems to be obviously some type of event that's coming up. And if I had to guess on a possible location... To me, it would be a no-brainer. They're going to Vegas. Obviously. I mean, just the the verbiage of everything there, you know, double or nothing. And, I mean, they've even put out kind of little photos, uh, you know, teasers of it as well. And it kind of looks like like a whole Vegas style with poker chips and, and, you know, stuff like that all included in there. So, definitely, I'm sure we're probably going to see this happening in Vegas. I mean, again, it's just speculation, right? At this point, we really can't say because we don't even know. Uh, I wish we had the ins on everything, but unfortunately, we don't. But, I mean, speculation can go very far away. And even just little cryptic things like they've been doing can Mm -hmm. really lead us in the proper direction. 
Well, I think another reason why Vegas would be a great place to have it, because you could do StarCast again as well alongside, like what they did with All In, and you have lots of places, you know, and you have bigger venues to be able to do StarCast again, right? Right, to bring in all the, the podcasting community and, and all that as well, right? So to me, Vegas, it, it makes perfect sense and a great location. Definitely. Now, if anyone from All Elite Wrestling is listening to this podcast, I have one thing that I want to say. Great White North. Oh, yes. There is another name for you for an event to happen and bring it up to Canada and showcase what All Elite Wrestling can do in the Canadian market to kind of allow us podcasters in canada mm-hmm. to be able to maybe make our way there and take part in such a great event yep we'll see when it uh, comes to that all right so going from that announcement backing up back to last year we can say it because we're in the new year now let's take a look at something that happened here that I've seen some mixed reactions i think i probably have a different viewpoint on this than others and i'm of course talking about santa vince making announcements on Monday Night Raw. Not this past Raw, but the one previous. Boo! (laughs) So here's what we had announced, guys. We had Vince saying, I can't do a Santa Vince impression, so I'm not even going to try. First thing that we know of, John Cena is returning. Uh, I don't think anybody was really hoping or really looking for that, number one. They announced the Women's Tag Team Championship belts. We already have known about that for a pretty long time, anticipating knew it was going to happen, so no real surprises there. And then announcing a steel cage match with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Okay, you know, um, a little bit of creative stuff there, but this wasn't this big announcement like people were letting on it to be. They definitely weren't, and I think, I mean... I could understand. You you know what? I I take issue with just uh, one part of that. Just one part. I think it was amazing for St. Vince to come out and announce a steel cage match. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Happy holidays to you two getting into a steel cage. And then St. Vince announcing, and again, happy holidays to all the fans across the world. John Cena is returning to the WWE. Okay, great, awesome, perfect. Santa Vince giving us a gift of John Cena. For some, that's not much of a gift. For others, it's an amazing gift. But to announce the women's tag team division and championships in that capacity really irked me. Yeah. Considering everything that they have done with the women's division and this whole women's evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it, throughout the entire year with women being showcased to the hills yeah. to have something this monumental that hasn't happened in over 60 50 or 60 years because at one time there was a women's tag team division yep. and belts for it. Mm-hmm. But to have this as such a monumental announcement happen while Vince McMahon is dressed as Santa Claus? Yeah. Come on. Did it almost feel kind of like a joke or a rib to you? 
it a hundred percent. That's exactly what it felt like. It was just yeah. Vince ribbing on us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you women's tag team wrestling, and I'm gonna give you women's tag team belts. <laughs> that's it, that's yeah. That's what it felt like. That's what I felt like. And, you know, going back to the steel cage match, I, I have to bring this up because this is something that's bugged me, irked me for a long time. And I don't know if you feel the same way or if any of our listeners feel the same way. The steel cage itself, I'm not really fond of the way that it is now. It's specifically the door to get out. To me, you know, again, again, this is the old school wrestling fan of me speaking here. I don't like the idea of such an easy way to just escape through the door of the referee opening the door and you being able to come out that way. I've never been really a fan of that. It's either climb over the top or pin or submit your opponent in the middle of the ring. To me, that's how Steel Cage match should be. I I think I'm kind of on the other end of that spectrum then because, I mean, for me growing up, you had the blue bar steel cage. Yep, that's the one I liked. It was, it was escape the cage. It was climb over the top rope yep. or escape out the door. Mm-hmm. That's how it was. That's how I remember it being, right? So for, I mean, pin and submit, I get it. Cool. But yep. I mean, my remembering of steel cage matches Never included a referee inside the ring. Yeah. It was these two guys going at it with someone on the yeah. outside to go, that person got down, they're the winner. Yeah. So for I, I take issue though, and kind of you, the referee should not be opening up that cage door. Mm-hmm. That should be the slur going and opening up that cage door themselves. Have some sort of latch on it that the wrestler has to reach his arm through and latch unlatch it yep. don't lock it up or whatever put uh you know a steel chain through it and around it no you don't need any of that because no. then the referee has to do it exactly yeah and going along with it too uh, on a bit of a tangent here with, with the hell in a cell the fact that they always tout it as okay we're, we're locking these guys in here so they can't escape so we can have the match but they escape and they get out of the cell every freaking time <laughs> it's like yeah it defeats the whole purpose of it you're trying to keep these guys close there and I could be wrong but I think almost every time a hell in a cell match happens they get out <laughs> this, yeah you're right just about every time yeah and, and that, yeah. that to me I think is ridiculous ridiculous anyways venting our frustrations about WWE more here something that uh, we want to bring up recently Impact Wrestling has gone to a new network yeah they actually have they are not going to be on I believe it's pop Mm-hmm. anymore in in the United this is only in the United States. I mean still in Canada we're going to have them on the uh, the Fight Network and Game TV yep. which is uh, phenomenal because I don't have the Fight Network but yeah. I do have Game TV so I can still watch me some Impact Wrestling. Um, but they're going to a smaller lesser known mm-hmm. outdoor channel. Yeah. Like outdoor like hunting, fishing, woodsman channel. Yep. is going to be showing impact wrestling. It's a it's a strange move for me, you know, and, and it almost kind of feels like when WWE briefly went over to TNN, it was a, it was a weird uh, choice, you know. It, it almost feels like I think really for impact right now, it's almost like they're just in a holding pattern until things until they can find something better. 
you know, I'm reluctant to say that this is a really, really bad mood for them because I mean, because things are looking up, but it, it's, it's an awkward time for impact wrestling. They're, they're in a weird place where they're, they're hopefully they can maintain their audience. But right now I don't think that they're going to have too much of the ability to grow the audience for the moment. Right now it's kind of like a holding pattern and, and let's try not to mess up and, you know, let's hold out for something better. It's a, an awkward time for that company right now, say the least. Yeah, it definitely is. But I mean, from the strides that they made in 2018, I don't know if, if this necessarily is a step back or not. I mean, just kind of kind of running things through my head. Mm. Um, how much were they having to, to put out to have their show on pop, right? And now how much are they going to have to put out to have this show on this, this new outdoor network? Yeah. Um, are they going to be able to you know, maybe take some of those funds that, that would have gone elsewhere and maybe now put them towards, uh, not saying a better product because their product is, is really great, yep. but maybe being able to do something a little bit different with, with the funds and maybe, I don't know, just, just maybe better use of the money. I don't know how the money is used in impact wrestling and mm-hmm. I'm sure it's used very well, uh, considering what they've done and what we've seen. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know necessarily that this is a bad move for them, but I don't know if it's a good move either. Yeah, because I mean, not too long ago, you know, since we've been a, a quote unquote podcast, you know, early on, you know, when Impact was in real trouble, I was one of the ones that were, were saying that these guys were done. You know, they were on the verge of of being dead as a company, and now they've come back and we're talking about them again. And you know, even at some point, you know, I had in the document here as well that uh, supposedly they're. Again, this brings in the all elite wrestling thing here. That there was some interest there and impact as well. I don't know if there's any truth to that or if that was all rumor or whatnot. But uh, it, from what I can see of what we found out last night, it looks like that was just purely speculation that there was any interest in impact there whatsoever. At least I for the company the itself. I used was hogwash. Mm-hmm. That's the verbiage I used. Yeah. Hogwash. Sharing of talent. Likely possibility, sure, but as for purchasing the company itself, yeah, I'm not buying it whatsoever. So, speaking of not buying it, uh, maybe not a great segue for that, uh, bit there, but uh, WWE. So, we've been talking about recently, even when we had Jargo on here, of the situation, the writer specifically situation with WWE, and there being 26 writers running the show week to week, yeah. We saw that the WWE is looking to hire more writers. <clears throat> now, is that more writers or have they released and future endeavored writers? Now they need a few more to compensate or make up for those. See, that's where the speculation is going to come. Hopefully it's not adding all these people on top of it. Cause we already have way, 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 way too much as, as, as we have mentioned, you know, ideally I think you'd probably want to have five to six people ring raw and SmackDown week to week. You know, are they letting a bunch of these go and replacing them? You know, I hope that that's the case and that they're trimming it down, you know, quality versus quantity, you know, at this point, it's something we can really just speculate about, you know, and, and hopefully that's the direction they're going in because, and then hopefully, again, you know, as they say that they're listening to us, you know, and this is something that a lot of people have been very verbal about. 
Very much so. I mean, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Twitter, I mean, any type of social media that's out there, people have really been uh, very verbal about their disdain with the writing as of late. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know the inner workings and I can't see, you know, the hiring and firing that's happening within the WWE. At times, I wish I could. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I wish I knew how many people were working and who was working and well, not necessarily like names of who, but like how many people are, you know, in this department and that department and, you know, kind of. I don't know, maybe that's just the business person in me that really, you know, wants to know all that info. But, yep. yeah, I mean, I really hope that they're, you know, kind of releasing, you know, some writers and then having to bring in new ones um, as opposed to just adding on top. Because if we get any more than these 26 writers, it's going to continue to be shamble. Yeah, for sure. Uh, going from that to before we take a bit of a break here, let's talk a little bit about uh, something that uh, I think is also going to tie into this um, recent All Elite Wrestling announcement. And this is Wrestle Kingdom 13 happening actually January 4th. We're, uh, we're on the verge of it uh, happening over in the Tokyo Dome. And there are a lot of the talent involved in this show that are in the discussions for All Elite Wrestling, Carl. We have Kenny Omega. We have Chris Jericho, possibly. I think that, uh, that he his involvement in this, I think, has mainly been him trolling and ribbing uh, all of us. We have, of course, the Young Bucks and, you know, Cody. You know, a lot of these guys are in the discussions for All Elite Wrestling. So it's going to be interesting to see how Wrestle Kingdom unfolds because Looking at this car, too, it's not... One thing to mention, too, with this, they're doing something different this year. They're not opening with the New Japan Rumble. They've done that for a long, long time. They're not doing that this year, which I'm kind of disappointed about, but the rest of the card looks really, really good. You have some of the best talent in the world. You know, Zack Sabre Jr., Chris Jericho, Tetsuya Naito, Kenny Omega, Kushida, Juice Robinson. You know, the list goes on and on and on and on and on here. Will yeah. Ospreay versus Kota Bushi, which could possibly be the main event for the evening. Um, yeah, it's going to be stacked, and it's going to be really telling to see what happens with the show. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it as well. This is going to be one of those, uh, you know, they always have it at the beginning of the year, which is awesome, and it really yeah. sets a tone for everyone else to really have to achieve to because they go all out with it, and they, they really make it a, a spectacle when it comes to, you know, having pay-per-views and stuff like that. Yep. Something that I do want to mention, though, is, guys, go and follow Cody on Twitter. Right now, Cody has a uh, contest going on for all of us. So it's a contest for you guys to go and get to see Wrestle Kingdom for free mm. on Fight App. And all you got to do is go and make sure that you follow Cody Follow the at fight app, and that's F I T E yep. fight app, as well as leave your predictions in the comments on his Twitter. So go and do that, guys. Uh, you got a couple of days. Hopefully, you're listening to this before the show happens, yep. and maybe you guys can win to be able to see Wrestle Kingdom for free on the fight app. Yeah, like I said, it's something I'm really, really looking forward to. I think that the possibility of it doing better or up-showing Royal Rumble is a definite possibility. And this could actually end up outshowing WrestleMania, depending on what direction they decide to go with that, too. If they really knock it out of the park with, with this, 
you're going to see a lot of people moving over to New Japan World and maybe unsubscribing to the WWE Network. Just saying. Yeah. That's <laughs> a strong possibility, Carl. All right, yeah. let's take a brief break here, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit about some WWE Hall of Fame stuff here. Stay tuned. All right, guys, Big Joe here of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegrillaposition.com and proud part of the Roar Network. So this is a new segment that we like to call Legendary Chats. Recently, I got to sit down with one of the greatest minds in professional wrestling, a true encyclopedia of knowledge, a man I have a ton of respect for, Robo Rick. All right, Robo Rick, what do you think of John Cena's return to the WWE? Boy, he's great. Uh, I am, well, I am so properly. He's just a great, great. Uh, I am, well, I am great. Uh, Interesting. I never would have thought to word it that way, sir. What match are you most looking forward to at Wrestle Kingdom 13? I am. And while I am so properly, he does a great, great. Uh, I am while I am so he does a great, great. Uh, I am while I am great. Uh, hmm. Don't think I could have worded that or articulated that better than you just did. All right, one final question, Robo Rick. Where are you most looking forward to in 2019? Well said, sir. Well said. And that has been a segment we like to call Legendary Chats with Roborick. Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry, if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pin.biz at gmail.com. That's pin.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about pin. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, back in 2019 the very first day of 2019 and we are here bringing you what we do a podcast to the extreme ladies and gentlemen and this is turnbuckle talk as we're talking during the break carl to kind of make mention here that we've uh, just happened so happens to be the day that we dropped these episodes on tuesday that we put an episode on christmas day and new year's day so 
Mark that on your calendar and keep it forever because I don't believe that that will happen again. I don't think so. And speaking of things not happening here, uh, let's talk a bit about the WWE Hall of Fame. And more specifically, you know, this has to do more with myself. And these are ones that you might possibly agree on are names that I'm getting tired of being mentioned as possibilities of getting into the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, you have not told me any of these names, mm-hmm. but I just want to see if I can guess three of them. <laughs> there's, still, there's only two that I'm getting really tired of hearing of. Only two. Okay. Owen Hart. Chris Benoit and China. Those are the three names that I'm throwing out there that you are like, stop it. Okay, so we can leave Owen Hart out because you know, I've always been a fan of Owen Hart, and I really think that he should be in there. And I think this is more of some other issues going on, some legal issues. But mm-hmm. you definitely hit the nail on the head with the other two, mainly with, uh, I mean, Chris Benoit, I mean, is going to be one that I think I think everybody in the company would have to die before that would ever happen because we know that with that whole situation that they just they don't want to have anything to do with it. And even a lot of us wrestling fans, you know, when uh, when say watching the network and a Chris Benoit match does happen to come up, I still find it kind of hard to detach myself from the stuff that happened to the wrestler Chris Benoit. I still, in the back of my mind, I can't get rid of that. And every time I watch a Chris Benoit match, I just, I don't know what it is. And, you know, as a Canadian wrestling fan, I should I should not feel that way, but I, it's one of those things where I just, I can't get it out of my brain. I, when I see a Chris Benoit match, I, 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 I can't watch it. I think for a lot of people, it's hard because, um, I know for myself, it's, it's, it's a little harder because I know that... <clears throat> what he was doing mm-hmm. in the WWE and WCW and throughout his career is essentially what led up to the events that happened. Yeah. Right. So this amazing professional wrestler that we saw, uh, everything that happened with him in the ring, ultimately coming through after they did autopsy and after they did all of this, you know, all these, these different tests and stuff on, on his, his corpse, Mm -hmm. they found that he actually had the brain of like an 86 year old with dementia. So like, uh, you know, just, just really sometimes it's hard for me to differentiate between, you know, the situations as well. But I, I think I definitely I think that he should be a name that at some point should be in you know the for what he's done in the business yeah right for what he's done in the business that's that's what the Hall of Fame should be not what his personal life yeah. was because if that's the case Hulk Hogan shouldn't be in there mm-hmm. right for different things that have happened there Ric Flair he's another guy that you know went out there and, and was you know cheating on his on his you know spouse and and you know living up the high life right yeah. uh, Andre the Giant was essentially an alcoholic right I mean yep. y- y- you want to start bringing personal life into it then the Hall of Fame is going to be left with like four people yeah, you know, and, and the Chris Benoit situation, I mean, probably more than any other topic that could be talked about in the professional wrestling business, I think it's probably going to be, it currently is, I think will be for a long time, one of the most polarizing topics that you can bring up with any other wrestling fan that you're going to have a discussion with, and you're not likely going to see eye to eye about it. It's just not going to no. happen. And, yeah. you know, the other person involved, of course, China, that's another one of those things where it's that, that personal thing comes into it because we know that her life outside of the WWE was less than spectacular, to say the least. And, of course, the 
the situation and the relationship with Triple H doesn't help her chances either. You know, so it's one of those things where I think for the WWE Hall of Fame to include more people and for it to maybe be more legitimate, like you said, it should just revolve around just the wrestling. But until that happens, it's going to be what it is. Yeah, definitely. Now, I just I just want to know, those two names that I threw out there, were those the two that you were – yeah, those are the two you were talking Absolutely, about? Absolutely, yep. Okay. Yep. And well, I'm kind of sad that I guessed both of them now. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping that maybe you would have been like, nope, and this person. Yep. <laughs> nope. It's uh, definitely – those are the main two. And, you know, as time goes by, the third one will be CM Punk. That, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that in professional wrestling, you know, no matter – what forum or what Facebook group or thing you're part of it, it always comes up, you know, when there's any kind of discussion of like surprises and that stuff. So like, oh, CM Punk's going to come back. No. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the one that even now irks me. Just yeah. CM Punk is done. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You want CM Punk to come back. Here's what you do. You shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Shut up your face. And do not talk about CM Punk yep. so that he can come back and make this extravagant return and surprise the heck out of everybody because nobody will expect it because nobody's talking about CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with you. It's definitely one of those things where it's uh, unlike the the Chris Benoit thing where it's something that's always discussed but nobody wants to talk about. It's something that, you know, it's it's constantly brought up and people are like, Oh yeah, this is, this is going to be the time that he does. No, like, like you said, Carl, just shut your face about it and it's not going to happen. If it does happen, if we all stop talking about it, but it'll just be that more surprising, but it's exactly. not, it's, it's not going to be a possibility. I don't see Phil getting back into the wrestling business. I'll, I'll call him by his real name. Phil Brooks is not getting back in the professional wrestling business. The, we'd have to be living on a different plane of existence and for things to just get completely wacky for something got to happen. To be perfectly well, honest, maybe things just have to align properly. Yeah, and maybe even we have to even change then. the world. Yeah, enough for CM Punk to come back to professional wrestling. Even then, I don't think so. <laughs> even even then, I don't think <laughs> so. Stop out the new brand. Come on, <laughs> you never know in the world of professional wrestling. But I think that's one of those things where it's it's not a possibility. I really don't think it is. Yeah, time will tell, and we will have to see. For sure. As they say, never say never in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, and speaking of surprises, I want to bring up something that uh, wasn't originally on the plan to talk about, but one of those things that's kind of been happening recently, it actually involves one of our former guests on this show, Carl. Surprise! I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Are you talking about Mr. Bryson Scott? I am, sir, I am. Nice. Tell us, what's happened with Bryson lately? We had a run-in. I believe the company was called Laredo uh, Wrestling. It is down in Texas, and they had a, he had a run-in with a certain Power Ranger. Come again? <laughs> Jason David Frank uh, essentially attacked Bryson Scott during a wrestling match that he was having. Okay. Starting in... in so- Starting a, a potential rivalry and looking like it might be a match at some point from what I'm seeing. 
That was going to be my question. Do you yeah. think that this is something that's going to culminate into Mr. Jason, David Frank, mm-hmm. former original Power Ranger, yep. coming in and stepping into the world of professional wrestling as some other actors have done as of late and making a splash? We could see it because he's done it in the MMA world. So yeah. he, he made a bit of a splash there. Uh, just makes sense, I guess, to to get into the professional wrestling world. Well, definitely. Why not give it a shot? Give it a go, right? And I mean, especially yeah. if you've got some friends that are in there as well. If you've yeah. got friends within that company or friends within the world of professional wrestling, they can definitely give you some some pointers and help you out and get you into some you know some events and get you to the right contacts. And why not? Why not make it just that much more? Uh, you know, just an extra little thing for Jason David Frank right now to put onto his extensive resume that he, I'm sure, has, including acting in movies, television, uh, MMA, and then professional wrestling on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? And this ties nicely into something that I just kind of thought of that I wanted to bring up because I've noticed is that for quite a while we were actually seeing. Uh, professional wrestlers getting into mixed martial arts. But now the reverse is happening. All the MMA people are jumping ship over to professional wrestling. Definitely that is happening. Um, And it's, you know what, I think it's a good thing because it's showing Mm -hmm. that, you know, like it's almost as though it's a, uh, it's a level playing field. Um, or coming to the point that it's a level playing field. I mean, you're going to have those people that say that professional wrestling is above MMA. You're going to have those that say MMA is above professional wrestling. It's going to happen. You're going to have those yeah. people. But I think that, that really, you know, the diversity of, you know, being able to go from uh, pro wrestling to MMA or go from MMA to pro wrestling really shows that it's almost like an even uh, playing field when it comes to you know, being able to be a star, so to speak, in each one of those respective sports. I would say, you know, even playing field, or I would give pro wrestling the slight edge because I, I think that the popularity and the attention is more towards the professional wrestling now, you know, whereas the, the MMA stuff, and even like I mentioned before, you know, I was a, very much a fan of UFC watching every pay-per-view, but recently it just, it feels like, and I know there's other promotions out there just like pro wrestling, but it, it it started to get stale for me, and I think it has for others as well. And it seems to be the case with the talent that they seem to be more interested in pro wrestling now because they feel that they can a probably make more money and probably get more attention and make a bigger name for themselves. I, I do want to throw out there that this is, it isn't just MMA stars either. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember now. I believe a, a, a football or a baseball player yep. um, just recently has been signed by the WWE. Yeah. Uh, and I do believe it was a multi-year contract that yeah. was signed. Um, do you, I, I don't have a computer in front of me. Do you have that information as to who that was? That's... Yeah, or do, you, do you have any recollection of you know, who it was there? Joe? Well, Joe looks it up. I mean, it's it's something that that's, that's becoming... You know, bigger within everything, and I mean, it's especially I want to throw out their football. Within football, they really like they they use like Ric Flair's woo 
right? And they'll do chants and they'll do like all these different style, like professional wrestling things as well mm-hmm. within their locker rooms and then even out on the field as well. So, I mean, professional wrestling has really enveloped all of sports. And now we're seeing even MMA and this star yeah. coming over to the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, who Carl's referring to, doing this on the fly here on the, the uh, cellular device here. Uh, former Indianapolis Colts star that signed with the WWE, his name is Pat McAfee. And yeah, he has signed a multi year deal with that. My only concern and worry with that is that they rush something like that. Let him spend lots of time in the performance center, you know, use, I think we had mentioned before, and I know in hitting the marks that you mentioned this, that uh, Evolve seems to be turning into kind of the, uh, the Bush leagues for the WWE. Let him spend some time there as well. But for the love of God, just don't rush somebody like that through the system just because maybe they're a name and you want to get them some exposure. Take your time, you know, not only for you know, the sake of possible injury, you know, just and you know, just making yourself look like a fool if you don't do it right, you know, and <clears throat> I ejects. Um, <laughs> and you know, just uh, <laughs> sorry about that, I had a little cough there. Um, but yeah, just uh, if you're going to do something like that, take your time and just do it right, maybe for the for the short term, maybe have them be like a valet or a manager or something and kind of ease into that situation of actually getting in the ring and working. And I think that's the reason for it becoming a multi-year contract so. is so that they can allow, you know, this, this guy to be able to go uh, down to, you know, the performance center and do that for, and make his way through NXT and then up to main roster, you know, within a couple of years. Um, now, you had mentioned maybe money being better with MMA coming over to professional wrestling. Honestly, I don't see that happening with, you know, like football yeah. uh, or even baseball stars or hockey stars because we know that they make, you know, multi million dollar a year yeah. contract. Whereas we, within the world of professional wrestling, I mean, you're looking. You know, five hundred thousand a year, seven hundred thousand yeah. a year, you know, a million a year tops ish, right? Um, so, it, for me, anyways, it shows you know that even these people who are a football star making multi million dollars a year yeah. are willing to not make that anymore and come over to professional wrestling just to. I, I don't know if it's just to say that, yeah, they've done it or whether it's to, you know, add a little bit more to their resume or if it's just a lifelong dream that they've had or what it is, but it's happening. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, getting off on a bit of a tangent again here, but speaking of ridiculous sports contracts, uh, a while ago, I mean, this is going back more than a few years now on a day where it's bored, I work at nothing better to do. Alex Rodriguez a baseball player, I sat down one day and kind of worked out the money that that guy made when he had that contract with the New York Yankees. He was literally, folks, per inning of baseball played, whether he was playing in the field or whether he was at bat and struck out after three pitches, $40,000 per inning is what he was making. That is ridiculous. People yeah. don't make that in a year. <laughs> Some people don't. I don't make that in a year, and I work yeah. two, two different jobs. Yeah, he could literally... Get take one pitch, pop up, and forty thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah, that is how ridiculous that was. 
<laughs> just saying. <laughs> just figured I'd bring that up to give a little bit of context there. But, uh, and of course, speaking of multi-year contracts, this brings up another topic of a very, uh, I think, an important uh, name here and something that uh, it will be interesting to see how this kind of unfolds. And we're talking about Shinsuke Nakamura. And with the the popularity of New Japan Pro Wrestling and this All Elite thing happening, and with Shinsuke in the WWE, do you, Carl, see any chance of him venturing back over there to New Japan? Shinsuke Nakamura's contract is coming up and ending very soon. I yeah. don't feel that he is going to re-sign with the company, and I think that he will make his way back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. It would be nice because I think the, the landscape over there would really fit well with him. And w- w- with Shinsuke in the WWE, it's been tough because when he came into NXT, I mean, there was, you know, a lot of anticipation. You know, his match with uh, Sami Zayn right out of the gate was fantastic. But after that, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it felt like it just it never really took off with him. Yeah, it really didn't. And I mean... <laughs> For us who watch Shinsuke Nakamura on a daily or week-to-week or month-to-month basis, whatever have you, right, for us, it just kind of becomes a little bit uh, stagnant, I guess you could say. Like, it's the same things. It's the same moves. It's the same, you know, everything when it comes to, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura match. No matter who he's in the ring with, it just becomes very fluid, and it's the same stuff happening over and over again. Now, my wife, who is not a huge fan of professional wrestling, but will, you know, sit there with me on the couch while I'm watching the network or whatever, right? And um, WrestleMania had had come on to the network. They were showing uh, kudos to the the network for doing this, but they had actually showed all the pay-per-views for the entire year uh, all the way through one continuous string. So from January to December, every pay-per-view, including the terrible Crown Jewel, mm. it included all the pay-per-views through there. So we were actually watching uh, WrestleMania as it was you know, being broadcast over the network, and Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles came on. And my wife was like, wow, I really like that guy. And she was talking about Shinsuke Nakamura. She's yeah. like, oh, he, he, he can really work. And, and you know, it, oh, that entrance was phenomenal. Like, she, she, she just, you know, was in awe of Shinsuke Nakamura and what he could do in the ring. Yeah. Um, but that's from somebody who, you know, really doesn't see that stop happening on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's it's what it is, but it seems as though like he's really been, uh, you know, like there's a foot put on onto his back, at, you know, in in kind of a manner of this is what you're gonna do and you're gonna do it and you're just gonna continue to do it the same way every week and that's it, yeah, right. Like no room for anything to be able to come out and 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 any type of growth, I guess. You know, I really felt that way, too. I'm glad that you mentioned that WrestleMania match with AJ, because I really felt like that was the case with that match, too. It really felt like instead of going full throttle like they, they should be at WrestleMania, it really felt like they were just going kind of half throttle, especially with the two of those and, and you know, the moves and the spots that, that, that they are very, very capable of doing. It just, it felt, uh, I had, I'd mentioned it after it happened when we talked about it, it felt very lackluster in a match that should have been like a real blockbuster match. It, it just, it, it fell flat for me. And it, it felt cookie cutter. Yeah, and the same could be said I think with Shinsuke's WWE career. 
very cookie cutter. Sad to say, you know. So having said that, you know, I'm agreeing with you that I think that he should go back to New Japan because I think that he would just have more, uh, you know, some some creativity there too. Yeah, but just when it comes to what he can do in the ring, I think he would have it's just a better venue and a better spot for him. I'd say. I do want to put out there as well. The reason why I am saying I do believe that he is going to be going back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. In the WWE, they have shied away and really not used the King of Strong style moniker that uh, Shinsuke has used over New Japan Pro. They, they gave him a new moniker of um, the artist formerly known as Shinsuke Nakamura or whatever it was there, yeah. right? Um Shinsuke Nakamura went on Twitter a couple of days ago and his tweet was just a picture of himself and underneath the caption said, I am the king of strong style. Yeah. And that he just left it at that. So because of that and how, how just very cryptic that is just, just a very, you know, does that mean that WWE is going to allow him to do more and become the king of strong style within the WWE? Or is that meaning that when his contract comes up, that he's just going to be like, out, see ya. Yeah. I'm going to be the king of strong style. Yeah. You know, one thing to, um, you know, a little bit more on this, I think one thing to kind of consider too is, you know, and I'll, I'll look it up briefly here that, uh, cause I want to know exactly how old Shin is. Because he's got to be getting up there. Yeah, he's he's almost forty years old now. He's thirty eight years old. So that's something yeah. to consider too. Now, is he at that point now where he wants to maybe just work a few more years with WWE, make the WWE money, and then maybe be done with wrestling? That that's something that I don't think is you know insignificant, and I think it's it's worth mentioning because that also could be a very strong possibility. Yeah. So I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura. We'll have to see what happens. His contract does come up soon, yep. and um, we'll have to go from there. So, yep. next on the docket, what have we got? Well, we are going to take a brief break, Carl, and we're going to come back with the showstopper segment for this week. And this is going to be probably a touchy subject, even with us and uh, probably our listeners in general. And this is going to revolve a little bit around women's wrestling. So we'll be right back. And now, Big Joe and Jargo of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast join forces to talk about Roman Reigns. I've been, I've been trying for, Carl and I have been trying so long, episode, and it comes up like every second of their episode. It's like trying to figure out this whole deal. We'll throw in it. And really, I don't think that Roman himself is the problem. I think it's WWE forcing him down everybody's throat when, you know, they want to cheer for somebody else. I think what it is, Roman Reigns doesn't buy in. Yeah. Roman Reigns, he strikes me as a guy who he's out there providing for his family. Yep. I like. I, I think Joe's probably a really nice guy. Yep. And he he never wanted to be a pro wrestler. He wanted to be a professional football player. Yeah. And and I think the problem is he's just doing this because he can't do that. But he can't do anything too stupid that his football buddies are going to look at him and be like, "You're a joke, man. Yeah. Come on." <laughs> I'm an evil mother for Joe. That's too good. Do you even get that reference? I'm an evil mother for Joe. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to find that and send it to you. Thanks for tuning in to Turnbuckle Talk. This is Vinny DaVinci here with Joe and Carl. All your wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast.
All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and we are making it to the end of our first episode of 2019. Welcome back to Turnbuckle Talk, where we are going to take you into our show stopper segment. Yeah, it's a bit of a doozy for the first one of the year, Carl. And this kind of revolves around something that uh, was actually mentioned on one of our partner shows here on the Royal Network with hitting the marks that Jargo had uh, brought up with Rick. And it revolved around a road warrior animal basically talking about how he feels that women's wrestling has essentially negatively affect, sorry, negatively affected the men's wrestling happening. And so this is what we're going to be talking about and what we feel about it. Is the women's revolution adversely affecting the men's wrestling? I have a question. Yep. How long did the men's wrestling adversely affect the women's wrestling? Long time. Long time. Long time. So if, if it is being seen as the women's wrestling is adversely affecting the men's wrestling, mm-hmm. so be it. Yeah. I think that that's just a bunch of, and I'm going to use the word again, hogwash because i don't know i just kind of like that word maybe that's my word for 2019 who knows but i come on really are you serious right now you're really gonna go out there and say oh we're we're pushing the women too much and it's making the men look bad are you serious and and, and he specifically targeted becky lynch uh, and referring her with her referring to herself as the man he really felt that that was you know, going too much. You know, on a side bet too, he uh, he talked a lot of uh, trash about Tyler Breeze and, and calling him a, a jobber when it comes to singles wrestling. And you know, Jargo, being the stats stat man that he is, <laughs> mentioned that uh, Road Animal had uh, you know a handful of singles matches, and I think maybe one, two or three of them versus jobbers. So yeah, didn't know much of like the stand on there when it comes to that, and uh, you know, criticizing you know one of the more popular kind of storylines and wrestlers going right now. Yeah. Not too, not too smart. No, I really don't think that it, that it's smart on his part to have done <clears> that. I mean, I get that everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Absolutely. And that everybody can see things and view things how they want. I yep. get that. Right. But I don't know. I think that's very sexist of him yep. to be going out there and saying, Oh, the women are, are outshining the men. Good for them. How long was it that, you know, the females had 30 seconds on a pay-per-view, right? I remember the wife and I, 13 years ago, we were in Toronto in August. It'll be 14 years this August. And we saw SummerSlam in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And you know what the women had on the card? A pre-taped Divas dodgeball match. (laughs) That was it. And so, I mean, and at that time, there was enough females on the yeah. roster to be able to have two or three amazing matches. But you take them and put them into a dodgeball match that was pre-taped, not even in the arena? Really? Yeah. So it, to go from that to where we are now, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, because, I mean, you can mention dodgeball matches. We had... You know, pill fight matches, brawn panty matches. We had like hog pen matches. You know, um, 
chocolate cake matches. You know, I could probably keep going with ridiculous ones. You know, and, and is is there a, an appeal out there and an audience for that? Sure. I mean, uh, every wrestling forum out there has horny wrestling fans in it. And face the facts, right? So, Kurt Hawkins. Um, you know, so yeah, there, there is an audience out there for that. But I mean, for the longest time, like it just it was it was just that. So, for them to be able to upstage the men right now, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm personally okay with it. I mean, it's kind of showing too that maybe are, are the men maybe just kind of just coasting right now. Maybe they need to step a little bit, too, a little bit too, you know. So you know, the, there's another side to that coin too, where yeah, the women are killing right now, but maybe it's because the men are trying hard enough, <laughs> you know. You're right. It could very well be that the men aren't trying hard enough. I don't honestly though. I don't think that that's the case. Really, I think it's just the case of you know, like. <laughs> the women are just doing that good yeah. and they're being able to to have that spotlight that's mm-hmm. put onto them and they're being given the time to go out there and do the exact same thing that the men do right i mean do, do we really want to go back 50 years or there thir- even 30 years right where the women stayed home and and, and the men were out <laughs> working do we really need to be at that point again? I mean, that's what it feels like, you know, Road Warrior Animal wants us to get back to. Come on. Like, that just, that irks me. Yeah. Why would you even say something like that? Why would you not be happy that the world of professional wrestling is including the females and allowing them to showcase the talents that they have within mm-hmm. the world of professional wrestling? And I mean, I'm that's just WWE that we're talking about right now. You look outside of the WWE and there are names like Tessa Blanchard, who, what, three, uh, third generation star? Yeah. Right. I mean, you've got Jordan Grace, you've got, you know, and I'm going to, you know, uh, throw out there Maria Canellis. Right. I mean, I know that she, you know, just had a baby and stuff like that. But, you know, she was a, she was a very good worker and she worked yeah. her butt off. You know, you got Brandy, Brandy Rhodes, who is out there, you know, and really working her butt off. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, like like even even independent stars that are out there like that, that aren't even in any of the bigger promotions right now that are working their asses off to be able to get to a point where these women are within the WWE right now. And because of the WWE, it is really opening up mm-hmm. a lot more for female wrestlers in the entire world of professional wrestling. No, great point, and I, th- I think another thing to look into this as well, because yeah, you know we, we've we've gone through some some stages here. I mean, when uh, you know originally with professional wrestling with like uh, you know May Young and whatnot, you know we had good wrestling matches, and then we morphed into you know the pillow fights and the cake in the face matches and that kind of stuff, and then now we're going back to good women's professional wrestling again. The only thing that I'll add to that is I think we need to be careful that we don't, you know, go a little too far with it and start asking a little too much for them, like, you know, going maybe like too hardcore with the matches or, you know, diving off the top of the cells and stuff like that. They don't need to go that far to try and match up with the guys. You know, they can stay, stay you know, and have good matches, you know, without having to go too far. That's my only fear, you know, because we have had Hell in a Cell matches and tables and stuff like that. I just don't want to see them go a little too much with it because they don't need to. They have the star power. Or they can they can work in the ring. You don't need to go too much. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Um, I do have to say, though, that if there is a pair of workers within wrestling that feel that they can do that and want to give that type of a show, let them. Yeah. Don't don't throttle them and just leave them in a complacency of, yeah, you're doing good matches, just keep it at that. If they want to expand and you are sure that they are able to do it, you, you, you really have to be sure. You really have to make sure that they are going to be workers who are able to perform in in that type of a capacity and do it safely. Right. Yeah. If if they're if they're able to do that, let them do that. Right? Do they need to? I don't think they do because no. every guy is going to watch just to see, you know, a, a female wrestler. Their hormones are going to go and they're going to want to watch, yep. right? For ev- every woman that's out there, they're feeling empowered now and they're going to want to continue to watch because of that empowerment that women are getting within the world of professional wrestling and they want to feel some sort of in, uh, empowerment as well. So I mean, either way, no matter what, it's going to work out in the favor of women's wrestling mm-hmm. is, I mean, yeah, we kind of, wow. We kind of just went off in like 16 different yeah. directions with this all from one, uh, I think ridiculous comment. And I have something more that I want to add to it too, because there, and there's nothing to say, you know, to that too, along with the, the, the empowerment and, and looking strongly at it, to, to, there's nothing wrong with the, also at the same time being able to, you know, to look physically attractive and, you know, and be that, that sex object. And somebody who does it the best, we mentioned her before, uh, Jazzy. I mean, uh, there's somebody who, you know, is powerful and, and, and works well, but at the same time is still feminine. That that's, uh, you know, where that, that still works, you know, you don't want to start crossing over into and you, you want to be careful like i said too where you don't have some especially some of these you know lesser experienced workers like you know your mandy roses and your sonia devilles and stuff like that we don't want to start throwing them into and then giving them too much and buying off more than they can chew right so we need to you know ride that fine line okay you know there, there's not everybody you know not all of these women can do hell in the cell matches or table matches or you know it, some more of this hardcore kind of heavier stuff too right so we need to be we need to be tread carefully at the same time, yeah. Okay, Carl. That's uh, that. That was. We ended up having a good discussion about that, uh, which is what I was hoping for, which is good. So let's end off the episode. We always do here on Turnbuckle Talk. Absolutely. That's why it's Turnbuckle Talk. Okay. So let's end off and let's uh, hear about our sponsors. Definitely. Right now we have two amazing sponsors. I myself am a vapor. I enjoy vaping. It helps me quit smoking, and it has gotten me through so that I'm not inhaling all that carcinogens within the cigarettes. I go to HypeCityVapors.com. They have some amazing juices over there. You can get some amazing juice from HypeCityVapors.com and use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get 15% off your entire order. Our other sponsor that we want to bring to you is CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Between now and January 5th, they are having an amazing up to 65% off sale. Even some of their newer merchandise, like the Globe t-shirt, is on sale for you guys this week. And if you use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, you can get an additional 
10% off your order. Something that I want to throw out to you guys as well is if you make a purchase using our promo code, you will be entered into a draw to win a four sticker prize pack, including three color and elbow stickers as well as a turnbuckle talk sticker for you guys to proudly display anywhere that you want to just use social media and send me a screenshot of your order when it is purchased to be entered in you have until january 5th and we will see who wins Awesome. And of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us at our original home on Podbean, as well as Google Play Music and Google Play's podcasting app and all those other podcatchers out there as well. And of course, for you Apple people out there, you can find us on iTunes. And of course, powered by the GorillaPosition.com, you can find us as part of the Roar Network alongside our other shows, such as Hitting the Marks and Going Home and all of our other great shows as well. As well, and don't forget, guys, you can find us on our social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at TB Talk Pod. That is at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. All right, guys, we will see you on the next one. Ciao. This is Michael Melkor, executive editor of TheGorillaPosition.com and co-host of Going Home with Ryan and Mike. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Get the farts and the coughs and the sneezes out of the way now. Sure. And we're good to go. Oh, before I do start, I'm going to go grab a bit more water to drink and we'll be good to go. All right. Otherwise, I'm going to be drinking from an empty cup like I always do. <laughs> so we have to start the year off right. Oh, what do you got there? Jägermeister. Oh, boy. And root beer. Oh, boy. I, I'm just drinking water. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I even turned my vibrate off. Like okay, I, have, yeah. like it's my phone's on silent. Okay. Yeah. Nothing touching it. As long as it doesn't happen too often. If it happens too often, we can turn it into a bit. <laughs> yeah. My phone would have been going. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just in you know, just making yourself look like a fool if you don't do it right. You know, <clears throat> and I ejects. Um, <laughs> And, you know, just, uh, sorry about that. I had a little cough there. Sorry. I thought I had to sneeze. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I was, I didn't want it on the recording. <laughs> okay. So you're going to have to cut. Sorry. That's okay. I might even use that. Who knows? Right. So. Uh-huh.